forks and spoons, knives and other cutlery. I'm your host, Christina. And I'm Tori. And this is episode 17 of Cullen the Shots, the podcast where we reminisce on the good old Twilight days. If you haven't noticed, it has been a few weeks since our last episode was released. Uh, And that's just because we got a little busy these past few weeks. We busy late? Yeah, I, I went somewhere for... A week and then I think the following week or weekend Tori was also away we've been busy uh we have another quiz prepared as usual this one is from BuzzFeed apparently before we took our little break we just had like a quiz on the back burner waiting for us to go and um do so that's what we're gonna do now it's called you could spend an eternity studying the twilight saga books and still not pass this trivia quiz which i mean at this point that's possible i feel like i learned more things in this section we just read even though we'd already kind of read through the twilight series i was like wait that happened i did not expect that but tori do you want to read the first question all right how old was edward when he died 17, 18, 19, or 104. Could you imagine if he was 104 when he... That would be a completely (laughs) different story. That would be a whole different story. Um, He was 17. 17. (laughs) Edward has been 17 for quite a while. (laughs) Uh, Next is how old is Bella when she's turned into a vampire? Is she 17, 18, 19, or 20? She's 18. She's 18. 18. She's a grandmother. (laughs) Bella was turned into a vampire only a few days before her 19th birthday. Ooh. Big things happening. Mm. All right. Who does Jacob imprint on? Bella, Edward, Jessica, or Renesmee? (laughs) Did you imagine if it was Edward? (laughs) Also would be a completely different story. Could you imagine if Jacob imprinted on Edward? (laughs) That would be. I want that story. That would be a completely different genre. <laughs> Stephanie Meyer, we are asking for this. <laughs> That's like the alternative universe where um, Edward and Jacob are the main couple. <laughs> Love it. Um, but the answer is Renesmee. Oh, goodness. Could you imagine if he imprinted on Jessica? Oh, no. That would be interesting. Oh, no. That's a different story, too. Um, Jacob imprinted on her right after she was born. He also may have nicknamed her Nessie, which he gets in trouble for. And here is a gif of our uh, scary CGI baby. Terrifying. (laughs) Our terrifying baby. All right. Speaking of, what did Jacob nickname Nessie after? Maleficent, the Loch Ness Monster, Nessa Rose from Wicked, or his friend? I don't think he intentionally nicknamed her after that. Yeah, it wasn't like he looked at her and thought, you know what? What a little Loch Ness Monster. (laughs) Look at this Loch Ness Monster. (laughs) Only call her Loch Ness Monster from now on. I'm trying to think where you could get the nickname Nessie from the word Maleficent. I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of a stretch. (laughs) Also, the last option being his friend. Yeah, his friend. Okay. There's a a lot of, like, there are a lot of problems with the whole fact that he ended up imprinting on Bella's daughter. But, like, if it was, if he had nicknamed her after his friend, that's, like, a whole nother level of weird. Um, But the answer is the Loch Ness Monster. Next, who is not a Cullen by the end of the series? Edward, Bella, Charlie, or Alice? Well, considering there's only one person that's not a Cullen, <laughs> I'm going to go for the person that's already not a Cullen. <laughs> Actually, Charlie gets kicked out, or Alice gets kicked out and replaced with Charlie. <laughs> I was like, Charlie secretly marries like Carlisle or something. <laughs> Correct. Charlie is Bella's father, but he's no Cullen. He's no Cullen. <laughs> and I'm like, you're sure right about that. All right. Who is not part of the Volturi? Arrow, Benjamin, Marcus. I don't know how to say this kid's name. Is it Caius? I've been saying Caius in my head. I've never known how to say his name, so... I think it's Caius. I don't know why the alternative was Cassius, but I don't know how that how you would spell Cassius. Like maybe there's know. we'll go with Caius. We'll say Caius. I also like, I mean, not that Benjamin isn't an old name, but it's like the other three options are definitely older, and then you just have Benjamin. <laughs> I know. Here's Aro, Arrow, Marcus, Caius, and Benjamin. <laughs> I don't remember him at all. Oh. He may have red eyes, but Benjamin is by no means hashtag Team Voltori. Well, it's that um, one actor that 
I don't remember. Remy Malik. Yes, yes. The one that I feel like there was a question in a previous quiz we took where they were like, which actor did you not remember is part of the Twilight series? And I think he might have been one of the options that I was like, I don't remember. (laughs) Which member of the wolf pack is not a direct descent of the elder shapeshifters? Is it Embry Call? Um, Quill Atera the fifth? That was my guess, so let's go for it. <laughs> okay. Um, Jacob Black or Sam Yuli. <laughs> well, it's not Sam Yuli. Sam Yuli. <laughs> it's Embry, right? Yeah, it's Embry. Yeah, it's Embry. But we don't know that because isn't he supposedly fathered by one of these guys' fathers? So <gasps> what's the tea? We like Ooh. never learn. Wait, is it actually Hmm. I feel like the answer might be Embry, but now that you say that, I'm like, wait a second. I think they're trying. I think we know more than the quiz does, actually. <laughs> we are actually the experts. Oh, it's said that he's a cousin of some sort to Jacob, but he isn't a direct line from the Black Atera, Clearwater, or Yoli family. I thought, wait, I what think you- that's his movie. Oh, his movie uh, storyline? That's movie canon. It's not book canon. Because we talk in the books about like, how his mom was sleeping around with people and yeah. then he came and they're like who's your father kid we don't that know <laughs> that wouldn't make him his cousin the heck mm-hmm. i mean it, oh that'd be even weirder if that were the case i know cousin brother oh okay uh so it was embry who does quill imprint on rachel claire renesme or bella oh claire claire on, a baby. on another baby that's a child, like, sir. I like how it says, remember when they were at the beach? Question mark. Am I supposed to remember that? I guess these are all taking these, like, questions from the movie universe. I haven't watched the movie in so long, so. I, uh, yeah, same. <laughs> Which song was playing during prom when Bella and Edward danced in the first movie? Is it A Thousand Years by Christina Perry? Flightless Bird, American Mouth by Iron and Wine, Decode by Paramore, or Eyes on Fire by Blue Foundation. Could you imagine if it was Decode? (laughs) Right, that would be so good. I think it was Flightless Bird. I think it was too. I don't know how Eyes on Fire go, and I know for sure it was in a thousand years. I feel like that's the one that's like, ah, 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 ah. (laughs) Did you like my uh, interpretation? That's probably not even the right song either. We're gonna be like, what was that? I started laughing because the whole time that um one of my friends and I were in the woods taking a hike, we kept singing that part of um the Twilight soundtrack because we were in the woods. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think the answer is the flightless bird American Mouth song. Fun fact, the song was also played during Bella and Edward's wedding. Ooh. And lastly, finish this quote. And so the lion fell in love with the dove, cub, lamb, or hunter. (laughs) With the hunter? (laughs) Fell in love with the hunter. And so the lion fell in love with the cub. Is that allowed? (laughs) Ew. No. It's lamb. Lamb. Wow. Do you see the graphic that they used for that one? That looks like the type of graphics that we would like put together when we were in middle school or something like that but it says it's directly from summit entertainment that's troubling (laughs) but this is directly from summit entertainment and it is literally like a little photoshopped (laughs) quote (laughs) who made this what intern made this i can't i wish i knew the exact font they used but it's definitely something that we could have put together and probably did back in the day it's that like stereotypical like cursive Mm-hmm. early 2000s font mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's glorious I think the photo that they use or the screenshot or frame from the movie that they use also makes it really funny <laughs> yeah the poor quality really adds something ah. okay so um I'm assuming we both got 10 out of 10 <laughs> yep we got 10 out of 10 it says we scored better than 100% of all other quiz takers um outstanding either this quiz was way too easy or you're a real twihard <laughs> good job what if it was both um so that does it for our icebreaker quiz i guess we just go straight into our summary of the books um 
But before then, since it has been a while since we read, how was reading the first half of book three, Tori? <laughs> it was fine. I was less annoyed than usual, which was surprising. Mm-hmm. It was like not very interesting though. Not a lot happens. I can't tell if like maybe it was a shorter section for us to read and I was able to get through it quickly or there just legitimately wasn't a lot of things that actually happened. So I just zoomed through it as I read. Yeah, I think it was that one. I was like, what's happening? They're hopping over rivers and then they're (laughs) running back and now she's horny and now (laughs) again and there's a baby and that's basically it. So there's a baby. And she's no longer wearing clothes somehow. I was like, wait a whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> Is that allowed? Is that allowed? Uh, yeah, so I guess I will get right into the summary. Okay, so book two ends with Jacob and Renesmee's eyes meeting. And we find out that Jacob imprinted on the baby. <laughs> Uh, And then we very, very quickly switch over to Bella's point of view in chapter 19, which is titled Burning. And it starts with Bella's moments um, right as she stood up. And then like suddenly everything went wrong with the birthing process. Um, So here she experiences her consciousness going in and out. She also remembers that she told Edward to get the baby out because she knew he was dying inside of her. Um, And she even remembered the moment when the baby was finally delivered and she discovered that it was a baby girl and not the baby boy she kept seeing in her visions. After she held her Nesme in her arms for the first time though, Edward would take her away from her because if you remembered Renesme bit Bella's chest and then not long after that moment um, she became unconscious and while Bella was unconscious she talks a lot about only seeing darkness and keeping the blackness of non-existence at bay um, so that she could survive and live on to be with Edward and eventually this never-ending darkness would turn into an intense burning sensation which would begin from the inside of her body and spread out towards her limbs so now Bella's burning as if she's literally on fire. And the burning sensation was caused by Edward's venom, which he um, injected or bit into her body when he tried patching her up after the baby was removed from her womb. It's also said that, so apparently Carlisle experimented um, previously with Emmett to give him morphine to try and see if it would help with the pain. So when Bella was getting ready to one go and have her baby but also soon after become a vampire edward had given her a lot of morphine too that didn't really matter because the venom still burnt right through it and she ended up suffering through the whole entire transformation and as much as she wanted to scream and beg for them to basically end her life bella didn't have any physical strength left in her to make her cries and in a weird way she was like thankful that she couldn't um show how much pain that she was in because she didn't want edward to feel bad that she was suffering too much where I was like girl that's not okay (laughs) we'll get there um anyway time would pass and Bella would continue burning but her senses would slowly return she would hear people asking if she could hear them if she could open her eyes and with little ability to actually control her body Bella knew that if she attempted to open her mouth she'd probably end up releasing all of the anguish that she struggled to internalize her main concern at that point was not to let Edward or the rest of the Collins know how much pain she was in and then once the transformation was complete Bella opened her eyes and stared out in wonder. Uh, She didn't have a beating heart and she also could no longer breathe. And then the chapter ends. Do, do, do. I literally don't have any notes for this chapter except one, she was in pain. I like didn't know what else to say. Mm -hmm. And two, Renesmee was born with a full set of teeth. That's terrifying. I know. I was like, that, this baby is so scary. She literally popped the kid out and it smiled at her with a full set of teeth. That's the scariest thing I've ever heard of in my whole life. This baby is so scary. I had two notes for this section. One, I remember... I guess in the previous episode, I had asked, um, what did EJ stand for? Because it was never explained. Like you knew what Renesme, what made up Renesme's name. But I was like, where did EJ come from? And um, in this chapter, Bella very specifically, she doesn't say it out loud, but she thinks it that um, EJ was stood for Edward Jacob. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, gross. I'd be sick if I was Edward. I'd be like, what do you mean? <laughs> Jacob yeah and then there was another part that I don't actually know if it like maybe I was just weird reading it in a weird way but 
when Bella realizes or finds out that she had a baby girl and not a baby boy, she's like a little shocked by it. But she described it as her pale, imperfect son. And the way I read the descriptor, I'm like, you could read it one way where she'd only viewed sons as being perfect. And then if you read it in another tone, it was like she only viewed people who were pale as like those to be desired or those to be like those that you would want and I was like mm, I don't know either way it's that. not a good take yeah I was like I don't know about that man <laughs> I don't know about that but yeah those were the only notes that I had for that chapter Bella just burns that's all that happens here and there's a teethed baby and there's a teeth baby. The part where I said where Bella didn't want to show she was in pain, I think I talk about in my notes for, oh yeah, I do for the next chapter, but like, I just thought that was weird. Like, what do you mean? What? Why are you holding yeah, it like in? You don't want to put your husband in distress while you're literally burning internally. Like, he'll be okay. She was already dying because she gave birth. Like, <laughs> do you have anything else for chapter 19 before I move on? Nope, that's all. Okay. So now we're at chapter 20, which is called New. Bella can now see really clearly. All her senses have heightened and are more defined. And Edward ended up staying next to her, holding her hand while the rest of the Cullens waited near the wall. Um, They put Emmett and Jasper kind of at the front of the line in order to protect the others in case they needed to. And Bella would try to move really carefully, but her strength and speed were also enhanced. So she ended up crushing Edward when she tried to embrace him after she... um, regained consciousness and then Carlisle would ask Bella to tell him everything about the transformation but Bella would evidently leave out a lot of parts where she was burning and the thoughts where she just wanted to no longer exist because the pain just hurt so much and then Bella would ask if she could see Renesme but the Collins advised her that she should probably take care of her blood cravings before she was exposed to the baby and it wasn't until they mentioned the word thirst that Bella would suddenly notice the burning sensation in her throat um so she knew she needed to feed on something or else that sensation would become worse before they left to hunt alice brought out a mirror so that bella could see herself couldn't even recognize her own body and the most defining characteristic in her new form were her bright red eyes scary (laughs) ever since she woke up though the collins were really surprised to find that bella's been relatively calmed compared to other newborns and they weren't really sure how she was managing it so well and uh yep that's chapter 20 so uh i guess vampires can see an extra color that humans can't Mm -hmm. like bella says that she sees a light and she sees an eighth color that she has no name for and i'm like a little mad that i can't see it i want to see like i want to know what this color looks like i want to know what the color is also she literally just had a baby and all she can think about is having sex (laughs) like that's literally it she's like I just pushed out a baby and I just almost died, but my God, my husband's fine. I, I That's one of my notes. So I put, after Bella comes around post-vampire transformation, she and Edward start making out and continue to do so until Emmett makes a sound to stop them. Yeah, they're literally like in front of people. And she said that she forgot people were there. I'm like, ma'am. Bella, damn girl. (laughs) We get it. You're a newborn vampire, but have some control. I know. You were literally dying like three hours ago. Like maybe like adjust a little bit first. But she's like, (laughs) no. She's like, I must devour my husband. (laughs) Um, The other note that I had, I kind of hinted to from the previous chapter where Carlisle asks Bella to tell him what happened as she transformed. And then this bitch just lies. I was like, Bella, why are you lying? He's not, he's asking for research purposes. He wants to know what happened to you. Especially I know, he, he's messing up his experiment. Exactly. He pumped a bunch of morphine into your body to see how your body would take it. And I'm like, you can't just lie. You can't just tamper with his results like that. Don't mess with a man's livelihood. Gosh, he's a doctor. Respect him. <laughs> respect his doctorness but yeah that was the last note that I had for this chapter (laughs) the only other thing I have is that it's interesting that she hates herself so much up until the point where she becomes a vampire and she's perfect and then she's like desperately searching for imperfections in her face like she's like yeah my top lip is a little like more full than my bottom lip wow maybe I am still me like but you knew this was gonna happen why are you surprised did you think you were just gonna stay you you knew this was gonna happen bitch you knew you were gonna change she's like maybe there is still me in there like yeah bitch it's still you like you didn't change who you are you just turned into a vampire yeah the base 
that you started with remains the same. It's just certain features were heightened. <laughs> I think there was another part where I wanted to, I had notes about just like, even to this point, Bella still looks so poorly on herself as like a, a being. And I don't know. I'm just like, don't never be happy. Come on, Bella. Can you just love yourself a little more? Which is something that I said in previous episodes too. So in chapter 21, which is titled First Hunt, Edward would take um, Bella hunting for the first time and basically tries to test her new senses to see if she would be able to successfully claim her prey. Everything was fine until the time came that there were some hikers near their selected hunting spot and Edward would realize the error in the place that he chose and would um, very, very quickly go to find Bella. Bella also noticed the scent of the hikers and for a moment she did think about attacking them but when Edward um, approached her she was frightened by him and she took a deep breath and then ran away <laughs> when they finally were further away from the hikers to the point where there was no longer a danger Edward explained to her that he was really surprised but also shocked and proud to see how Bella ended up handling the situation and then out of nowhere they just start making out in the middle of the forest and um yeah at some point they would be like, oh, wait, Renezme. And then they went back to the Cullen house. And that's how the chapter ended. Oh, wait, the child that we just <laughs> literally had and you almost died because of. We have that. Let's go back. This is also the part where, like, so they were just so consumed in their passionate kissing moment that, like, Bella's clothes were tattered and pretty much non-existent on her. So Edward had to give her his shirt. <laughs> before they got back to the house she's like jacob just like naked in the forest <laughs> well now it's edward who's half naked in the forest the two notes that i had first i put that i couldn't believe that alice basically dressed bella up to look like elsa because it was like an ice blue dress that she was wearing i also i'm like when did she have time when did alice have time to change her after she gave birth was like, she's like dying and writhing in pain and alice is like wiggling her into a little satin dress <laughs> She's like, you gotta look beautiful no matter what. <laughs> the other note that I had is that uh, towards the end of this chapter, Bella mentions that like Edward has a scent. And I just thought that it was really weird that vampires have like this pleasant smell to them. Like, where does it come from? I'm also like, shouldn't they smell like what? Since that's what they consume the most of. Yeah, you would think. Isn't she like, he smells like honeysuckle and yeah. vanilla and all this weird stuff. Like, is it his skin that smells like that? Like, what is it? I don't know. And I imagine they don't have to bathe. Like, so I'm like, where's the smell coming from? I don't understand. Um, The only notes I really have for this chapter is she's like speculating like what her gift or ability is that she's bringing into the new life that she has and she's like maybe my ability is just to love edward a lot <laughs> more than anyone has ever loved someone like that's the lamest thing ever could you imagine if that was really like your talent oh what's your talent i just really <laughs> love my husband it's great like that's embarrassing you're not you were embarrassed about getting married at 18 but you're not embarrassed about your power being to just really love my husband what what do you do and you're like well it's like that one is it a tiktok or that one thing that's like ma'am what's your what do you what do you do for a living and they're just like mm, thank you <laughs> yeah Bella. thank you i just that's literally Bella. are there any other notes that you have um the only other thing i have is very nitpicky edward always says he has like sense centuries of practice about something sir you're like 92 years old at this point you're not even a century old get over <laughs> yourself he's so dramatic like oh my centuries of waiting are finally over sir you're not even a century old <laughs> calm it down it's very dramatic my centuries of waiting are finally over and it's just like he's been... not even a hundred years old yet it's also him just being constantly horny now that his wife is not breakable <laughs> i know the both of them they're like we can't handle ourselves anymore. they're like fuck our kid we gotta go take care of oh my god we have a child that we brought into the world and almost killed one of us so yeah <laughs> i guess we'll move on to chapter 22 which is titled promise here edward leads bella back to the house and tries to tell her about renesbe on their way over he also hints that um 
Jacob is still present and says that he's going to let Jacob kind of explain what happened rather than tell Bella himself. And as they approach the Cullen's lawn, Jacob appears and behind him are Seth and Leah. They all had a fear that Bella was going to lose control now that she's a vampire. Bella eventually did catch a whiff of Jacob's scent, similar to what had happened when she saw the hikers and also when she was hunting the animals. And Edward would hold her shoulders back just to make sure that she didn't, I guess, pounce towards Jacob to attack him. But the only thing that happened was Bella smelled him and she was like, Jacob, you stink. <laughs> that's all. That's all that happens. Um, so Edward starts laughing because of Bella's response and he lets go of her shoulders. And um, Bella would then ask again if she could see Renezme. But Jacob tries to stop them before Edward reminded him that Bella already passed his quote test. So now Bella finally gets to meet eyes with Renezme, who was in Rosalie's arms and the baby stretched her arms towards Bella wanting to be held by her. She was really shocked to see how quickly the baby had grown, even though she was only unconscious for two days. So this meant that the baby should only be two days old, right? Question mark? Um, Renezme actually was closer in size to a baby that was many months old and it would take a little while before the whole family and Jacob would allow Bella to hold Renezme. But when she finally did, Renesme would end up showing Bella her special power, which is the ability to replay uh, Renesme's memories from her own perspective by touching her hand to the person's cheek. So Bella and Renesme are having their little reunion moment, and then Jacob starts feeling anxious while Bella was holding Renesme, and he kept pestering the two to basically like wrap up their time together. Bella would be like, dude, what's your deal? Why are you acting like this? This ended up starting a tense confrontation. So Rosalie held Renesme, Edward let go of Bella, and then Bella met up with Jacob outside to discuss what the problem seemed to be. And then this is where Jacob would tell Bella that he imprinted on Renesme, and Bella got super duper angry. He reasoned that it wasn't his fault and that Bella was the one who wanted him to remain in her family. And now that he'd imprinted on Renesme, he no longer had any strong and passionate feelings for Bella. And to him, that meant that they finally reached a balance in their relationship. And then Jacob calls Renesme Nessie after the Loftus monster and Bella snaps and she lunges for his throat and that's how the chapter ends. <laughs> so they talk about how Renezme is her temperature is like hotter than a normal human. It's like almost the same as what Jacob's is and I don't understand how or why that is. I don't either because if she's half human half vampire wouldn't she just be like slightly cool? Yeah she should be colder than the normal or the average human body temperature. So she should be less than 98.7 degrees Fahrenheit not more. Yeah, but she's like burning up. Like, I don't get it. Where does that come from? I don't know. I would like suspect that she has a fever or something if that were the case. But I guess a couple times in the book, I, they like try to convince us that Renesme and Jacob are like the same. Mm -hmm. Somehow they're always like, oh, they're both like half breeds, which isn't even true. You're not like half werewolf, half human. You're just a werewolf. That's just a person that turns into a wolf. It's not. Yeah. He's not even like a half breed as they say he's a full he's a full wolf he's, he's an alpha wolf yeah <laughs> he's the full wolf but i know what you mean by they always they tend to use like descriptors to make us to almost convince us that like oh yeah renesme and jacob are almost the same but they're not yeah alice like keeps connecting them and saying that she can't see either of them because they're both this weird half breed and all this and like no they're not i know even with that point with alice's visions being very cloudy when she tries to see renesme i'm like i don't think it's because renesme is a half vampire half human i think it's because renesme's life is so closely tied to jacob's that and alice already can't see jacob or any of the wolves so it's like yeah of yeah. course renesme is going to be blurry for your visions but yeah you're right that is true. They do tend to be like, hey guys, they're the same. <laughs> are they like trying to make us think that it's okay that Jacob and Renez may are together? Printed on a baby? <laughs> are we just supposed to be like, oh, it's okay that he imprinted on a literal newborn because they're the same. Mm, mm, mm. I also know there's a lot of questions with the whole, like, so Jacob was like, Ah, yes, I have imprinted on your your daughter and I no longer have these strong feelings for you, Bella. But then it's like weird that. So wait, if the being was just inside Bella all along, if she had chosen Jacob and then had a baby with Jacob, would if he have imprinted on his daughter? I don't know. 
and I've seen, um, I don't know if it's theories or just like people talking where it's like, so obviously Renesme is the child of Edward and Bella. And I'm like, and th- some people were speculating, like, is Edward's gene like the one that was, I don't know. I, it, there were so many weird theories and the whole concept is just so strange that I don't think there's any way to make sense of it. <laughs> the only note that I had for this chapter is that Bella still holds on to this idea that like Jacob's been a good friend to her, which I'm like, that's so weird. I mean, and this is before Bella finds out that Jacob imprinted on her baby. I'm still like, why? Why is she holding on to this good idea? Obviously, she doesn't now that she realized that Jacob imprinted on her child, but like weird that's weird yeah it is weird and not only does she like hold on to that thought that he's a good friend but also that edward is like kind of a bad dude too like she says that after all we've been through shouldn't he have been able to feel some kindness for my best friend Mm -hmm. when like in this entire saga when he's has Edward been rude to Jacob unless it's been deserved? He's not the one running around like, oh, you bloodsucker, filthy, dirty bloodsucker. <laughs> like, Edward's always like, thank you, Jacob. I appreciate your help. Thank you for keeping her safe. I do this because I love her. She's He's never like, get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> but she thinks he is. She's always like, why is he so mean to Jacob? Like, maybe Jacob is mean to him. Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> I know. It, it definitely is. It definitely is the other way around. Like we see more instances where it's just Jacob who's mean to Edward and Edward just kind of like takes it. Like He's like, whatever. Yeah, he's just like, whatever. This is my wife. (laughs) Going off that sort of, I think it's interesting that like Bella will defend Jacob to forever until she does or he does something that she doesn't like. Then she starts calling him a mutt and his moronic wolfy ways. And it's just very interesting that as soon as he does something she doesn't like, she starts pulling out what I would consider a slur against werewolves. (laughs) Yeah, I get a sense of where you're going. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I don't mean to stay out of nowhere to your best friend. Like, is that Mm -hmm. how you really feel about the werewolves and you're just internalizing it until he does something bad that you're like, ah, well, you're nothing but a dirty dog anyway. Like, I also find it strange that like, it almost seemed like the trigger wasn't so much the imprinting though. It was the fact that he nicknamed her daughter after a monster. Like, I don't know. That was the way that I read it. (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't even his intention. What if it was though? I guess we'll never know unless they do it. Yeah, I guess we'll never, I guess we'll never know. Um. (laughs) The only other thing I have for this chapter and it like continues throughout the book is Bella keeps taking these deep breaths and stuff to like fill her lungs. And so I'm like, you don't need to breathe. You don't gotta breathe Why? She's like taking these deep breaths before Jacob comes so she can like be fine. But you don't need to breathe. Why do you need to take this like gasp for air before he comes around? It's not like you need to breathe. (laughs) If anything, she needs to not breathe around him. Literally, that's it. That's all I have. I You don't breathe. (laughs) Bella, stop breathing. You don't need to. Bella, why the hell are you breathing, Loka? Loka? Bella, why the hell are you breathing, Loka? So afterwards is chapter 23, which is titled Memories. Uh, just as Bella lunged towards Jacob, Seth stepped in between them. So this meant that Bella actually attacked Seth on accident. And um, everyone keeps telling Bella that it's okay and that she... Um, you know, didn't mean to hurt Seth, but Bella wasn't sure why everyone was being uh, not too harsh on her after she attacked Seth. Um, While Carlisle was tending to Seth's wounds, um, they basically updated Bella on what happened while she was unconscious. The feud between Jacob and Sam's packs were now over because Renesmee was the person that Jacob ended up imprinting on. So now she's like, off limits in terms of any reasons to have quarrels against and the other part was that uh charlie and renee were still in the dark about what happened to bella like they knew that she was sick but they didn't know the details and apparently they told the parents that bella was in atlanta for some special treatment with the cdc and um basically charlie had been keeping in touch through esme jasper would continue questioning bella's new calm demeanor since she became a newborn vampire and carlisle would explain to bella that renesme is growing rapidly but each day that physical growth is slowing and they suspect that although renesme's body is going to stop growing her mind won't renesme continues to show her memories to bella and then bella would watch over her and the next day 
Alice excitedly hands Bella a key and greets her happy birthday. And then the chapter ends. Bella says that Sam couldn't get mad about her transformation because Jacob, speaking as the rightful alpha, had allowed it. And I'm no treaty expert, but like, I don't think that's how it works. (laughs) They still broke the treaty. Yeah, like if somebody runs off and makes their own pack, you can't just be like, oh, okay, well, I'll say yes for that other one. Like Jacob isn't part of the pack that they made a treaty with anymore. You can't just approve things. Yeah, you can't just start your own pack and be like, well, I'm going to make decisions for the other one too. You didn't sign the treaty. Sam's pack did. You're different now. Also, it says that the most absolute pack law is that you can't kill the object of another wolf's imprinting. Mm -hmm. That's the most important rule out of like everything. Also that they refer to the the person that the wolves imprint on as an object. I know. An object. You can't kill the object of the the wolves imprinting. It was like, wait, what? refer to people as objects okay but then that makes me wonder when sam like freaked out and hurt emily what if he accidentally killed her would that be breaking the most absolute rule because technically he killed the object of a wolf's imprinting yeah i guess it just would his, be. his imprinting and he killed her I guess it would. That would also, that prompts enough when you get a fine, you owe $500 for killing your wife, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, they weren't, they aren't married, but like, you know what I mean? That also brings up the question, like what happens if the person, like they never talk about this, or at least I don't think they do. What happens if the person that a wolf imprinted on dies or like, yeah, is no longer like living? Like, did they, does the wolf lose their mind? Like what, what happens? I don't think Stephanie Meyer thought about that. I don't think anyone's thought to think that far ahead, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, one of the notes that I had kind of branching off of that, it was like um, a question of like the whole imprinting thing. And I was wondering how long could a wolf stay away from their person of fixation? Because they talk about how like all the other wolves who have imprinted on a person, they're like never away from them. And um, is the wolf person allowed to stay away from whoever they fixated on? Like, yeah, what would happen? What happens if they have to? Like, <laughs> they can't be with them 24-7. They just die. They would just start burning. Like, what happens? <laughs> the wolves they're just really really sad and everyone else gets annoyed with them oh man that's that's rough man that's rough um jasper is being so annoying he's like getting mad that bella's able to contain herself he's like this isn't natural this shouldn't be happening (laughs) and i'm like okay confederate soldier who are you to tell us what's natural like go somewhere but in the same vein i think i can kind of see his point why is bella's power literally not changing (laughs) like she's pretty much stays the same other than her heightened like senses but like yeah this butch does nothing new (laughs) she's boring does not assume that it's like a power or the fact that she's been preparing for this for like two years at this point most of the time when someone becomes a vampire they're just like shocked and it's Mm -hmm. like I didn't even know vampires existed. This bitch has been training for this. It's like the Hunger Games or something. She's ready. Like, what if she is just super prepared so she's not all crazy? Like, that is true. She's but he definitely... won't accept it. He's like, no, I need to go run around and blow off some steam <laughs> and reevaluate my life. It literally said he had to get a, a moment alone to readjust his perspective on life. Like, mm-hmm. why don't you just assume that, like, you're not going crazy. It's just her. <laughs> I was just like, shut up, Jasper. Like this entire time. I'm like, literally just shut up. <laughs> shut up, Jasper. Meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, Jasper, keep making her like annoyed by your presence. <laughs> the other note that I had was, I guess, closer towards the end of the chapter. So they talk about powers again. And um, at some point, I think it's Carlisle. He talks about another vampire they're friendly with whose name is Siobhan and Siobhan's power is that they are able to just like manifest something and then it happens and I was like whoa I want that power that is such a cool power to have I still don't know the specifics because they don't really go into it but like could you imagine you just manifest something to happen and it does that would be the best thing ever um the only other thing I have is 
why did they not think about what to tell Charlie? Like, she was preparing to become a vampire, and they're just, like, scrambling last minute, like, oh, shit, what do we tell him? It seemed like they discussed nothing prior to them, you know, getting married and having a baby and her becoming a vampire, but, uh, yeah, they discussed nothing. (laughs) It seems like they did nothing. And surprise, they did nothing. They're just like, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. When I'm a vampire, I'll know the answer to what we're supposed to do. But also that their answer, their answer to this problem is like, we should just run away. Like that's, <laughs> you can't run away from all your problems, guys. Yeah, Bella at least makes more sense. She's like, just let him see me and he can assume wrong. Mm-hmm. Like fair. Also the way that they were like, ah, yes, Bella, she's so sick. We sent her to Atlanta to go I know. to the scene. What's in Atlanta? The CDC? Yeah. Like, why? The C- Apparently the CDC's headquarters or one of their main buildings is in Atlanta. All right. So chapter 24 is called Surprise and it starts with a, as always, a confused Bella. She didn't realize that it was already September 13th. And she also clarified to Alice that she's not turning 19. She is still 18 and she's no longer aging. <laughs> despite it being her birthday alice would lead bella and edward to their big surprise present basically the family had gifted them with a cottage not too far from the cullen house which is hidden in the woods this cottage would now be bella edward and renesmee's new home yay alice's specific gift though was that she prepared this like really grand closet and edward would show bella the unfinished room that was supposed to be for renesmee all of this was prepared before they knew that bella got pregnant though so they never finished the baby's room in time it's just like this unfinished room in the cottage. <laughs> the final part of the gift was alone time, which is why Alice left shortly after showing Bella the location of the house. And it's also why the rest of the Cullens didn't follow the three of them to see Bella's reaction to the gift. Yeah, Bella would notice that the cottage had like really small reminders of their stay while they were in Isle Esme, which was purposely added by Esme, who thought that they might miss their honeymoon destination. And this kind of prompted that they would uh, start their second honeymoon right at that moment and it wouldn't be until the next morning that they would realize they had responsibilities to take care of and that's what happens in this chapter they literally got gifted a sex house i know like get them out of the house so this is a cottage and like there are certain visuals that you associate with cottages but then they say that there's like little pieces to remind them of isle esme which is an island and i'm like i couldn't piece the two together yeah I couldn't either like the inside was very different than the outside in my Mm -hmm. mind they also talk about it having like windows large windows and I'm like that's not a cottage cottages don't have large windows (laughs) I completely forgot about the cottage anyway I was like that happened me too I was like I didn't realize that they were gifted a house apparently all the other couples too have houses Mm -hmm. because he was saying that like Rosalie and Emmett were built one because they wouldn't stop having sex for like a decade yeah they got kicked out into their like house if they all have houses why are they never at them they're just always like at their parents house Esme and Carlisle are like we gave these fucking children houses so they would leave and they're still here all the time all the time (laughs) well I feel like Emmett and Rosalie at least travel the most though like yeah Although they're never in the house that their parents provided for them, I feel like they also move around a lot anyway. So maybe they're the exception. This chapter is all about the brand new house that they got and then they just had sex all night. That's all that happened. Until they're like, oh wait, we just had a kid. We should probably go back and find her. Holy she might shit, be awake. we have a baby <laughs> to take care The only other thing I have is, like, why is she still so pressed about her birthday? Like, you're not aging anymore. Just shut up and let people celebrate. Like, we get it. You're still 18, bitch. But, like, let's party. I know. Like, celebrate yourself even though you're not actually aging. To branch off of that, the note that I had was that I couldn't believe that, like, one, I already knew that I disliked Bella's personality. But the fact that the Cullen family was, like, Let's give her a gift and not bother her with it because we know how much she hates being appreciated and loved. I was like, what the actual hell? (laughs) Like, I felt so bad. Like, she can't even accept a gift from her family that loves her. Mm -hmm. Rude. Like, they love her so much. Why wouldn't you allow them to show that with their presence? And their presence, literal presence, and just them allowing to be around you as you accept the presence. Yeah, that was the only note that I had for this chapter. 
Yep, I'm done. Okay. So in chapter 25, which is called Favor, Bella tries to wrap her head around her new findings. Um, one that she has all the time in the world to spend with Edward, but also that she needs to be present and conscious for her daughter. Ooh. <laughs> uh, she gets really overwhelmed with the big closet that she has, which ends up actually being almost as big as the entire cottage. With Edward's help, she's able to find some clothes so that she can get dressed. Back at the Cullen house, Emmett taunts uh, Bella about what she and Edward might have been up to that evening and or the evening before, and Bella tries her best not to lose her cool. This banter, though, is interrupted by Jacob, who announces that Charlie's on his way over to see Bella and then this puts everyone in the family in a frenzy. Jacob ends up getting scolded by Bella and the rest of the Cullens and then they all try to prepare Bella with tips on how to be around humans. Eventually Charlie arrives and Bella's now wearing contacts to hide her bright red eyes and she's also holding Renesmee so that she can calm her nerves. Bella explains that she's okay and um, Edward continues to update Charlie with the news that they have adopted Renesmee who is Edward's niece. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's it. That's who she is. But Charlie takes a good look at Renesmee and would soon realize that this baby had Bella's eyes, meaning that this baby wasn't adopted. It was theirs. <laughs> so they straightened out the public story and they also disclosed a little bit of information regarding the secret one. In the end, it was ultimately decided that they had to keep the secret overall from Renee because Renee couldn't handle it. <laughs> And that's what happened in this chapter. Why would Jacob just take it upon himself to go to Charlie? Like, it seems to be working out great and everything, but like, that's not your place. He's always just taking it upon himself to do stuff for mm -hmm. other people. And then it screws everybody up. Just like when he picked up the phone and New Moon to talk to Edward, like he shouldn't have done that, buddy. Buddy, that's not your responsibility. Like, it's one thing for him to tell charlie that he's a werewolf which is like his own thing but to also be like oh yeah your daughter's caught up in something really crazy too like what the fuck i know Dude. like he's already worried about her it's his daughter's birthday that too what kind of present did you think oh my god <laughs> what's wrong with him also how is jacob just allowed to phase in front of charlie when like colin and the younger werewolves can't even tell their moms mm -hmm. i'm like, like how this is, is this allowed this is definitely breaking the rules yeah, he does not care about the rules. But I love, like, Charlie doesn't want to know anything. He's like, I'm on a need-to-know basis. Oh, don't tell me that. That's too much. I don't want to know. <laughs> what? I can't believe they would think. I can't believe Edward would be like, oh, yeah, we can just pass Renesmee off as my niece. Yeah. But, like, she has Bella's eyes. And uh, Charlie's hair, I think they explain it, like, the curly hair. Yeah. I'm like, um, I don't know. It feels like it a little bit harder. To be like, oh, yes, here's this unknown child that we have brought into our family. <laughs> that totally doesn't look like either of us. For some reason, I was like cracking up when they were explaining to Renesmee, like, hey, your grandpa's coming, but you can't bite him. And he, she's like, okay, cool. But wait, I can still bite Jacob, right? Edward's <laughs> like, yes, you can bite Jacob. I don't care. I don't care. Like, I, I just think it's hilarious that she just loves to bite him. Like, it's mentioned multiple times throughout the chapters. Mm -hmm. Like, she just... Bites him. It just bites him. She's like concerned that she can't bite her grandfather, but she can bite Jacob. So she's okay. Wait, with that theory in mind, does that mean that she's just like drinking his blood? At, or like, how hard is she biting him? I don't know. She's just like nibbling on him. Like, uh, why? Because she doesn't have venom, apparently. So she's not doing anything to him. She's just. Ah, I see. She's just. She's nomming away. She's like just a baby. She's just munching on this dude. <laughs> Okay, well. The only other thing I have is that I was cracking up when they were in the closet and Edward is literally sniffing out jeans. He's like, like turning it. his nose up, sniffing the air, trying to smell denim like a dog or something. Just fucking open the things and find what it is. I know. I just like in my head, I just pictured him like crouched down all like wild eyed. Like, why does that remind me of that one commercial with the contacts? That's like, look, look what you realize. He's like, Bella, smell, smell with your nose. Bella, smell with your nose. You smell that it's denim. You smell that denim. <laughs> okay, so now we are at 
chapter 26, which is titled Shiny. And Charlie stayed at the Cullen house for a little bit longer than they all expected him to because he was watching football. And it wasn't until Seth reminded him that um, Charlie has dinner plans with his mom, Sue, and Jacob's dad, Billy, that eventually Charlie would leave. But before he leaves the Cullen house, though, Charlie asks if Bella and Edward are planning to leave Forks. And Bella assures him that they're not going to leave as long as Charlie's able to keep the big secret to himself. So after Charlie leaves the house, Bella deeply exhales and she's surprised that the meeting went as smoothly as it did. Edward congratulates her once more and reminds her that there's still a promise that Edward and Bella had made that needed to be fulfilled. And that promise was that Bella was going to challenge Emmett to an arm wrestling match. And if Bella won, Emmett was going to stop with all the sex jokes. And in the event that Emmett won, he promised that those jokes were going to get a lot worse. What ended up happening is Bella would win the arm wrestling matches. And um, again, everyone was surprised by Bella's progress. And the chapter ends with Bella feeling like she finally belonged and found her true place in the world. And that's how that chapter ends. Literally, the only note I have for this chapter is when Charlie's leaving, she is explaining to him what Renesmee's middle name is. Mm -hmm. And she says, Carly, with a C, like Carlisle and Charlie put together. What do you mean with a C? How else do you spell Carly? Like, it's not like typical to spell it with a K or anything. Like, why didn't she say Carly with an I-E? Like, that makes sense. Why yeah. She- Carly with a C. I think my own, my note also referred to the middle name for Renesmee because I was like, why did Bella's predetermined name for a baby boy end up being Edward Jacob and not like a combination of the paternal names? Because- for the baby girl's name, she was like, I'm going to combine Renee and Esme together. Turns out she saved it for um, Renee's middle name, which ended up being Carly. What would it have been if it was the other way around, though? Like if she had a baby boy, <laughs> what would the middle name of the baby be? I don't know. I don't know. And just Ronald just gives the vibe of Renee <laughs> and Esme put together. Ronald. I mean, I guess they found that out. So that's cool. It just bothered me so much. She said, Carly, what the seat. If you don't, if you don't tell me how to spell that little kid's name, Renesme <laughs> Carly Cullen, that poor child. It's a good thing she's smarter than everybody else because she'd <laughs> never be able to spell her name if she was a normal kid. Which we will also get to um, Renesme's advancements in her growth very, very soon. So... We are at chapter 27. It's called Travel Plans, and Bella learns a little bit more about what happens in um, the little threads that make up the people involved in her life. Bella learns that Quill and Embry would join Jacob's pack, even though there's no longer like a t- battle between the two alphas. And within Jacob's pack, he ended up making Leah his second in command, which makes Leah the beta in the pack. That's cool. And also Seth and Leah's mom, Sue, would end up helping Charlie kind of transition into this world of mythical creatures. So that's cool. Renesmee would keep growing. And after a week, she ended up speaking her first word, which was mama. And this progression ended up frightening Bella. That same day, Renesmee would also speak her first sentence where she would say, mama, where's grandpa? And uh, three weeks in, the baby started to walk. And at three months... This baby was already as big as a um, 12 to 24-month-old baby. So imagine a toddler, but three months in. (laughs) It took her three months to become a whole toddler. All while Renesmee began progressing in her aging and growth, uh, Alice and Rosie would dress Renesmee in new outfits almost every day. And they took so many photos in order to create this baby photo album since she was growing so quickly. During this three-month time span, Renesmee could even read. And by Carlisle's calculations, in four years, Renesmee would become an adult, and then by 15, she would be an old woman. Edward and Carlisle knew, though, that there was one way to halt her aging, but they were careful not to speak of this idea around Jacob, um, because they knew that Jacob wouldn't approve, and overall, they knew they needed to do more research about just the immortal children and what was possible and what wasn't, and so that meant that they'd have to do some traveling. The only thing that was holding them up from just like going to travel immediately was that there was still Bella (laughs) to worry about. So prior to Bella's final transformation to finally being a vampire, the Voltori obviously kept pestering the Cullens about Bella's status. And Alice had sent 
the Volturi an invitation to the wedding, urged that Bella was going to turn into a vampire soon after the union, and Arrow had ended up sending back a notice responding stating that he was excited to see the new Mrs. Cullen which also featured like this really expensive box and like precious jewelry oh (laughs) how did he how did he have these things Edward didn't want Bella to go alone to meet up with the Volturi to show that she'd become a vampire and they ended up selling with Carlisle accompanying her on the trip to Italy and as soon as the two of them would return they'd all set out for Brazil in order to continue their research. Bella wanted Jacob to join them on the trip to Brazil since Renesme was an important part of his life as well and during this time Renesme and Jacob were pretty much inseparable. Bella would go out on a hunting trip with Renesme and Jacob to hunt, and she let them run ahead into the meadow first, and on Bella's way to catch up to them, she saw another vampire. It was a vampire that she'd never seen before, but logically, she had deduced that it must have been I think her name is pronounced Irina from Tanya's family in Alaska. She knew that Irina still had a grudge against the Cullens because the werewolves had killed her partner, Laurent. And there was a faint sound. And once it reached Bella, Irina disappeared. Bella ran after Renesme and Jacob. And when she found them, she called Edward. And then Edward and Carlisle came to wherever they were hunting. And Carlisle was like, I'll go find Irina. And then Jacob was like, we should take Renesmee back to the house. And that's how the chapter ends. <laughs> Woo. So let me get this straight. Renesmee, they speculate, is going to be an adult in four years. So is Edward going to be dating this four-year-old? Or I meant... Jacob. Jacob. Oh, that'd be really weird. Ugh. Is Jacob going to be dating this four-year-old? Not like it's not already weird, but I, I is that what we're implying? I don't know. He's going to be like walking around town with his 15 year old, 85 year old girlfriend. Does that also mean that like appearance wise, she's going to look for but have the mind of an adult or no, I think she's just her body is going to change like she's growing. Mm hmm. So by the time she's four, she's going to like grow into a grown ass woman Mm. in the span of four years. Oh. Jacob's going to be like, ooh, look at that toddler. (laughs) Disgusting. Why was it written like this? It just keeps getting worse and worse. I know. It literally keeps getting worse and worse the further we get into the story. (laughs) Like, I feel like it's supposed to be explaining things away, but it just makes it worse. It's like gross. It's so strange. Leave that baby alone. My one and only note for this chapter is the part where Renesme starts, she takes the book away from her mom and starts reading. That's so scary to me. This is a baby. And she's like, actually, mom, I'm going to take it from here. Then she starts <laughs> reciting like poetry. Like, yeah. ma'am. Everything about Renesme's very, very quick growth is like so scary to me terrifying it's so scary yeah i don't have any other notes except sue Clearwater's a queen but that's all i think it's a little i i mean i don't have any other additional notes other than the one i just said but i think it's weird that like bella sees this vampire she'd never seen before and she automatically is like that must be arena how do you know that yeah no <laughs> other option like that has to be who that is she must be like coming back to say she's sorry what if that wasn't her at all like there's what for what reason would like it was never told that arena was like in the area especially because she didn't go to the wedding tanya and the other sister went not arena and i'm just like there's no reason for bella to be like that must be arena who's here she like saw the gold eyes and was like that has to be her obviously the purpose of it is because they're like ah yes we need to give hints as to the problem that's gonna arise very soon in the story but i was like i don't know seems a little (laughs) okay we're at our last chapter for this section which is titled future it's chapter 28 and it starts with edward and carlisle uh, unable to find arena after bella apparently saw her when carlisle called tanya to ask if they had known about her whereabouts tanya would tell him that she hadn't seen her sister since they left to go to bella and edward's wedding and alice tried her best to find arena in the future but she couldn't pinpoint exactly where she was immediately and so everyone else busied themselves with their trip to brazil not really concerning themselves with 
anything that might happen with Irina. But Alice continued her search. And it wasn't until Alice was just like going around the house tending to the flower vases when she would very suddenly drop the glass vase that was in her hands. And then shortly after, Edward would gasp once he read Alice's mind. And Jasper's like, Alice, what happened? And both Alice and Edward at the same time would answer that the Voltori were coming to Forks to attack the whole family. Edward couldn't believe that everyone in Voltori were going to attack the Collins. Like this meant, you know, Arrow, Marcus, Caius, the, the wives apparently, like everyone within the Voltori were apparently coming to get them. And Alice had explained that she had finally found Irina in Italy. And apparently Irina had told the Voltori that she'd seen an immortal child. Without really knowing the full story, they all knew that Renezme had to have been the reason why the Voltori would make their immediate decision because they knew that everyone within the Voltori was coming to get them in Forks. They knew that they couldn't just like run away from this problem. <laughs> Bella was really insistent that they needed to prove the Voltori wrong, that like Renesmee wasn't this immortal child and that she was able to control herself unlike the others. And so the family would agree that it was something that they could try to reason with for the Voltori. And they started enlisting or thinking about how to enlist some of their allies in order to stand with the Cullens so that they would be able to kind of hold off the attack long enough for them to talk to the members of the Voltori once they all met up in Forks. Alice would take Jasper away with her and she would explain that she needed to be far away from Renesmee and Jacob so that she could concentrate on seeing into the future. And then that's where we end this half section of book three. I don't have a ton of chapters, except that Irene is such a bitch for going to the Volturi. They explain that the reason that she must have immediately thought, I need to tell on them for this, is because of the trauma that, or their mother, who was also holding an immortal child and then the mother was killed. But like, they already know how much pain that brought them. And I'm like, why would you want to bring that to another family? Like, wouldn't you yeah, want to side with them? <laughs> they like explained that because that happens, like the Donali clan became like purists for mm -hmm. the rules. But like, why? I know. I would like, Wouldn't you be more upset that that happened to your mother? Mm -hmm. And like, even if she was hurt because her mom was killed because of the immortal child that she made, it's annoying that she ran to tell them like, girl, mind your business. <laughs> You're going to get all these people killed and for what? Mm -hmm. And it's also like, I mean, we talked about this before with the Denali clan, but the Cullens are your allies. Because Laurent is dead. Ma'am, he was evil. I can't believe she was willing to risk everything for this dude, for this man. Could you imagine? I could not. <laughs> the only other thing I have is I made like a note about when they were explaining that the entire Volturi is coming, even the wives. They're like, the wives don't ever leave their tower. They don't leave their tower. These men are married and they're just like up in their tower like Fiona waiting for Shrek or something like <laughs> what do they do in their tower seems very gay to me if you ask <laughs> why do those girls always stay in the tower all the time <laughs> yeah I'm still going with the whole not really understanding Alice's limitations and her visions how does Alice being far away physically from Jacob and Renesmee help her ability to see into the future like I don't Arena wasn't near her and she was able to find her. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> I guess they like cloud her vision or something, but wouldn't they do that regardless if she's thinking of them? Why does she need to be in physical space to them? Maybe Alice was just sick of their shit. She went, I don't want to deal with y'all. I'm out. And she took Jasper. <laughs> she got a headache. She's like, come on, let's go. Let's go to our other house. The only thing that I had written down is that I thought it was really strange that like the main Colin house is like all glass. And then they also talk about the cottage having like these big windows. I don't know if they talk about like how the reflection goes for the glass, but I just think it's so weird that why would you have these buildings with big ass glasses? There's no privacy. And it's like, yeah, they're vampires and they're also living in the middle of the woods. But like, I think it would make more sense if the glass was like one way. So it would reflect the forest or the trees around them that would make more sense that way they were more hidden but yeah I didn't understand the obsession with like big glass buildings and yeah they didn't think that through I guess that's because the only place where they don't have to hide but also like what are you exposing like when you're by yourself everybody knows mm -hmm. I just thought of something really random but it bothered me through this entire time I was reading 
every time they're like super specific about a measurement, I want to like, I lose my mind. Every time somebody's like one thirty fourth of an inch, one sixteenth <laughs> of an inch, I'm like, j- literally just shut up. <laughs> like, you don't have to be so specific. Just say it was a little, little amount. They're like, Renesmee's hair grew one hundred and forty sixth of an inch overnight. Okay. So it didn't grow. That's it. Also, the fact that uh, Carlisle doesn't write this information down. He just like remembers it. I'm like, how is this? Mean. Shouldn't you keep a record of this stuff happening, especially for research purposes? <laughs> yeah, like what if something happened to him? It's just all gone. But yeah, I think that's about all I have for this chapter or this section that we just read through. There wasn't a ton to like think about. It was really just her suffering and then her wanting sex and then her being like wow my kid i know a lot of more tolerable the way that they're constantly like oh yes we have a baby they're really like awesome some free time let's have sex wait wait a minute kid maybe we should be responsible (laughs) oh i guess let's go get our kid oh my god i guess we have to like put clothes on and be decent for our child i know (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's the only outstanding part. The way that they kept forgetting that they had a child that they are responsible for and need to take care of. After they just had that huge trauma around the birth of said child, they're always like, oh, wait, we had a kid. Like, you don't remember almost dying? I guess when, you, when you're a vampire, different things matter. Different needs matter, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess that pretty much wraps up this week's episode. Next episode, we're going to be covering the final half of book three from Breaking Dawn, which means we're almost done with this book. Oh my God. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. I'm finally going to finish this book. That being said, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Remember, you can tune in every other Monday, I guess, (laughs) from this point on, as we fall right back into our Twilight Obsession like it's 2008 again. You can find Cullen the Shots on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and your usual podcasting platforms. Come sit with us next time at lunch for more of our sparkling personalities. Bye! Bye!